Meet the startup founders who make the impossible possible right here on Florida Space Coast. You're tuning in to Zero Clicks featuring Russ Finney, a serial entrepreneur and our resident Amazon expert. Zero Clicks is brought to you by Cypress Bank and Trust. With over 25 years of banking expertise, Cypress has expanded their products and processes, offering customers a solid foundation for all of their financial needs. To learn more about Cypress Bank and Trust, please visit cypressbanktrust.com. All right. Welcome back to Zero Clicks. I'm your host, Jaren Eisenberg, and I'm here with Russ Finney. Russ has a been there, done that startup founder, a serial entrepreneur, and Groundswell's resident Amazon expert. Welcome, Russ. Hey, thanks for having me. We are so excited that you're here at Groundswell and on our second episode of our podcast. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you made your way to Groundswell. Hey, no place I'd rather be. Um, so about myself, I want to start by saying that I'm uh, married to my wife, Linda. We live here in Melbourne. We have two uh, amazing, energetic, and hopefully future entrepreneurial sons in David and Jacob, seven and five. Uh, they keep me on my toes. So every day is a, it's not only a, a startup challenge, but also, uh, <laughs> also a fun uh, life experience. Um, as far as uh, coming here, um, I... Uh, I like to say I spent my first 35 years in Jacksonville, Florida, and my last three years here, and was fortunate enough to uh, to join a company down here for a little while, and that's what brought me here originally. And then I had to go back to that entrepreneurial path, and we could talk more about that. And was looking for places like this, and Groundswell is more than I could have ever hoped for. Uh, we're really glad that you made your way here. And like we said, Russ has built a startup. He's been through all the experiences and we love to celebrate startup successes and tell those stories. But the truth is that there's a lot of failure that goes along with startups. There's a lot of pain that goes along with startups. And I love how you're never shy to talk about both aspects of it. So tell us about those high highs that you experienced and share with us some of those low lows you've experienced as a startup founder. Yeah, that's um, this is uh, I think it's important to talk about it. Uh, it might be a bit of therapy, too, along the way. Uh, let's start with the highs. Um, let's see. In 2015, I was um, I was with the school district as a technology leader for about eight years and I had watched enough Shark Tank and I said, you know, I want to do more. I've always had that uh, kind of drive in, in my life. And um, and so uh, found an idea and, uh, and took the startup leap and started a company called Superfy. Um, in late 2015. And, you know, that was a high. That was a super high, right? You're, you're out there and you're saying, I'm going to do something different and I, uh, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to disrupt my day to day. And, and uh, you know, there's kind of a fun part to it, I think, when you're an entrepreneur and people are like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, you're, <laughs> they're kind of looking at you like you're a little bit crazy. And, and also it's a little bit of like a, you're taking a chance on yourself. You know, you're like, there is that part of it where it's like, do I want to do this? You know, but starting uh, starting Superfy in late 2015, going out and telling the world, hey, we're going to do this, getting some partners together, getting some uh, initial funding together um, and just going for it was a super high. And there was a, a, a plenty of those moments. Tell us what is Superfy? What is Superfy? Yeah, thanks. So Superfy originally, <laughs> it, it evolved, right? Originally, it was um, it was just a, a better kind of cloud Wi-Fi as a service offering for businesses. We would learn along the way that we would be a Wi-Fi marketing and kind of guest interaction platform for restaurants and coffee shops. That would be our, um, you know, I recommend maybe learning that on the front end, but we learned it over time. And so it was just a good thing that we learned it. And um, and so we ended up um, 
be in that platform, both a hardware and a software service for restaurants in 15 states. And um, and uh, we uh, we served uh, some brands you might recognize, like Firehouse Subs and Moe's Southwest Grill. Not all of them, but we got into quite a few of their locations and major franchisees and um, and uh, learned a lot about restaurants. I bet you did. So you saw a need, you saw an opportunity. Can you talk to us a little bit about getting those first early kind of customers on board and what that was like? I love the, I love the early customers. <laughs> <laughs> they're so important and they're such a gift. Um, but as far, as far as the need, just real quick, I want to say that you know, the need that I saw um, was just being a customer. And I was like, wow, the Wi-Fi in this restaurant's horrible. There's got to be a better way, right? Yeah. Sometimes the need is very obvious and very simple. But um, those early customers, you know, they were friends, right? You know, before you take that leap, uh, at least for me, I think it's natural to start maybe kind of testing that conversation and going to a restaurant and saying, uh, a restaurant that you're friends with, that you, you maybe buy a coffee at every day or something and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm not trying to sell you on it, but if I was going to sell you on it, what would uh, what would you say to that? And uh, and those conversations turned out some of the early adopters. Right at first, it was just a handful of customers, and so thankful for them. You know, looking back on it, the solution we had originally that we deployed, <laughs> I don't know if I would have agreed to let us come into that restaurant. But there's um, a lot of uh, very nice people out there that want to give people an opportunity. So uh, you got those early customers, you had your idea, and then you needed some funding to be able to scale. Can you talk a little bit about that kind of early stage funding? You have a little bit of traction. How, how did that work for you? Yeah, yeah, we needed, you know, I was a first time founder at that point. We needed a lot of guidance. It was a hard first year and we need, we, we weren't selling enough, which I think is natural. And so I, 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 one thing that I, I did well and, and, you know, we're doing well here too is networking with a lot of people. And I listened to a very accomplished entrepreneur in Jacksonville. His name's Craig Mandeville with a company called Four Kira speaking at an event about being an entrepreneur and the importance of it and in the state of Florida. And at the end of it, he said, you know, find a mentor. And I just, uh, I've always been a bit bold. I just walked up to him and I said, will you be my mentor? You know? And, um, and so then I spent some time with him, learning from him, and fast forward to our first investment, um, him and some of his investors were our first investors. And how much in total did you raise for SuperFi? Yeah, over the course of our uh, of our years of operating the business, uh, a little over $600,000. Amazing. Super impressive. So you talked about some of those high highs. Can you give an example of a low low? Oh, there's, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a couple. <laughs> you know, um, let's see here. I think two that stick out. You know, you go out there and you chase big customers, right? You dream about Obviously, you love uh, the smaller customers, but you know the big customers could change could change your path. And for us, uh, that big customer was Firehouse Subs in Jacksonville. You know, billion dollar company headquartered in Jacksonville, eleven hundred restaurants. And we spent two years working with them, and um, you know, we have some highs that we could certainly reference there. But at the end of the day, uh, we couldn't land all the business. We couldn't land it in a meaningful way. And it was a low and probably the biggest low, right? Just naturally the biggest low of all that. And it's all a learning opportunity. I'm learning. <laughs> at the end of it, I was exhausted and I ended up resigning as CEO and giving the company back. I didn't want to take the company all the way uh, to zero. And that's the path that I felt like we were going in the later years. And so having that conversation with your board and investors that trust you that to say, I don't have anything more to give is a low. Yeah, it's, it's a, a tough low. one. 
Yeah. And founders, as you can tell, right, you pour so much of yourself into companies. You have to, to even have a fighting chance for it to be successful. But when the journey ends or when you sell your company or it doesn't work out anymore, that's a really big transition for people, both personally and professionally. And so how did you transition after Superfy? What, what happened next and kind of how did you reconcile it all? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with uh, being married with a young family, I think you quickly realize, um, hey, we probably need some income here and I probably got to go get a job. And uh, and also, too, I've learned that, you know, you need a little bit of recovery time, um, I think, for most people and uh, and, and certainly for me. And so you, you go through your close network of friends and people you admire. And there was a, a, a gentleman by the name of Alex Kiss who was running a company down in Vero. It's really the one the reason I initially came down here and I, I thought through, you know, I don't want to just go work for anybody, right. <laughs> to be, a, to go from a founder to a, a team member, you have more that you're thinking about. So he was one that I respected and I know I could continue to learn from. And what's interesting about even when you have that low, right. Is that if you're working hard, pushing hard, like we were, you have a few people that are like, Hey, I'd love to have you on my team. And I joined with a company called Branded in Vero with a good friend of mine, Alex. Yeah. People get to really see your character through this journey, right. Mm-hmm. Cause they see you through so many different types of emotions and you as a mentor here at Groundswell, a really, really good mentor here at Groundswell, you kind of see it all now from a different perspective, working with a lot of early stage founders, encouraging them to do customer discovery, right? Passing along those lessons that you learn. So tell us a little bit about mentoring here and what it's like to now see early stage founders in the same place that you are coming in, kind of seeking your guidance. It's uh, it's it's such a gift um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a humbling experience. You realize, wow, I'm, I'm not as talented as these people are. <laughs> and, uh, and so I love learning from them. But, you know, you always have your slice of the pie to give and, uh, and your bit of expertise. It, yeah, it's just been quite an experience. I'd say that I've just, I've, I've gotten to know some of these founders, right? It's to me, it's, uh, I always seek out the friendships too and hearing their stories. And I feel like, uh, you know, the, the biggest part is I genuinely feel like I've been able to make a difference for uh, a couple. And I, if I can make it for anybody, you know, it's worth doing, right? And so I often say, let my mistakes get to you early so you don't have to go through the same thing, right? And so and, and when, you, when you approach it that way, um, even the things that you're not happy about in the past, you feel like it serves a purpose. And uh, yeah, it's just super cool to meet everybody here. We've met a ton of, I've met a ton of people through, through y'all and continue to do so. And uh, you never know what's going to walk through the door. You never, ever know what's going to walk through the door. And that's why we always describe Groundswell as a community first and foremost, right? Because not only are you going to get some excellent advice from some been there, done that startup founders like Russ, but you have someone who really understands like the personal experience that you go through, the emotions that you go through. And that's just as important sometimes as the business advice. What gets you kind of, what do you see in a founder that gets you kind of like jazzed up? Someone walks in, you take a meeting with them, you walk out going, I'm excited about that one. What, what are those characteristics that get you excited? Oh man, um, um, passionate about, about their idea, willing to listen and, and, and maybe even more humble than they should be because they're pretty awesome, you know? And, uh, and so you can just kind of sense that this person came here very open for the right reason, seeking help and is an incredible individual with a bunch of accomplishments and is, I don't know, it's just a feel that you get like that they're super determined and it's going to happen. And so at that point, like I just kind of scrambled to like want a mentor just a little bit, you know, yeah. so I can be a part of that history. 
I, I feel like most of the time it, you can just sense it. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, right? That like when it comes to raising money or getting those early customers, people invest in you as in a person, right? The idea might be great, but in the end, people are really looking to your character. And when they make that investment, they're investing in the founder. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I was, uh, I was often told there was not enough history on the startup to invest in the startup, right? It was just, they believe in you. You believe in your hustle Yeah, and your it. determination. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's switch gears for a little bit. So Russ has been in our community for a couple of years. And when COVID happened, we started to get people coming into our building that wanted to do a lot of e-commerce, right? We saw the shift. People had this idea for this thing or for this product, and they wanted to sell it online and they wanted to sell it on Amazon. And Russ was really kind of our first mentor who brought to us all of this Amazon expertise that has really helped us diversify our community and really help founders in a significant way. But doing business on Amazon is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it is not easy, but it can be very profitable. So tell us what you're working on on Amazon right now. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you think maybe one day I'll pick something a little <laughs> bit easier. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're working on building, building brands on Amazon, mostly Amazon-only brands initially, learning the ins and outs of that with the goal of building companies that can be sold, right? And, and trying to create a repeatable process. And so, you know, at first, right, my first pass on this <laughs> was, uh, was another pretty good failure. <laughs> so, you know, let's not, uh, we have to kind of, Mentioned that one, um, but a lot of learning there. A lot of learning came from that. And that that learning opened up uh, some conversation with my business partners where they're like, OK, we see you're pretty determined on this. And and um, and so, yeah, so now uh, we have a brand called Zen Chalet that's uh, kind of in the Zen and the chalet, kind of the calming home category. And uh, I kind of laugh at myself sometimes of all things where we're doing jigsaw puzzles <laughs> to start. Right. And uh, sometimes I feel like when you say that, people are like, Rusty, are you doing okay? And, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's a massive category and it doesn't have a ton of innovation and it has a lot of loyal customers, some big brands in the US that I think are ripe for some disruption and some competition. And we've been having some fun. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna grow beyond that. We're already have some other brand ideas in our sites, but that was our starting point. And you're really big into the data behind the mechanisms of Amazon. So you use tools like Helium 10, We've used tools like Jungle Scout, but you're really pulling data, trying to understand how you can compete against other listings. Like talk to us a little bit about the data behind selling on Amazon. Yeah, it's a it's a constant learning process. You know, when you first get started, you think, you know, that you just post it and they will come, right? And then then you realize, okay, we need to run ads and there's a good bit of complexity here in the Amazon kind of pay-per-click world. And then you learn that you're not really responsible for any of those things. Really, you need to manage your rank. And there's all these other uh, things, these, uh, these uh, effects that have all these other levers attached. And, um, and so I've been telling the team that when I get into the tools and we're getting into more and more all the time, a cool recent one's called Data Dive, where it gives you even more advanced analytics. You can see, you know, we're heavily into the data because I'm learning you have to be. There's, I don't think, I don't know there's another way except for, maybe super proprietary products that have really excellent IP that are kind of, they're kind of rock stars by themselves. But for us having a traditional kind of sourcing and building business, um, you have to compete in the data and you get to see your competition. You get to see that a lot of your competition uh, is, um, isn't, is playing the game at a different level. Um, you know, a, uh, uh, a fun one um, is when you look at, um, 
you think about puzzles and search terms, right? And uh, one of our competitors has a sea turtle puzzle and they have a search term called uh, that they're competing on that wasn't on our radar, sea turtle gifts, right? And it's like another 30,000 eyeballs and uh, a month and they're showing up number one on that search term. And you start, I've been telling the team, the more that I learn in the data and the tools, the more I realize we have to learn more. <laughs> <laughs> it is super complex. So you have a product, you have to register it through brand registry. Those are things we've learned. You have to figure out prime. You have to figure out the manufacturing, the advertising. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. What are some of those early tools or like expertise that you use to kind of navigate this? Yeah, I think, you know, I have some friends that I love having friends, right, that are that have already kind of been there, done that, too. And I have some friends that are very successful, multi seven figure sellers on Amazon. And so, you know, you beg those friends and you say, let me buy you a beer. Let me do anything. Let's just talk. Give me some advice. And they said uh, they kind of pointed back to Helium 10 initially. And they said, hey, that course freedom ticket, take that course, right? Take spend those 50, 60 hours on that course and then come back to us and tell us what you've learned. <laughs> And we'll send, we'll tell you if you're going down the right path. And so I think there's so much of that content out there that um, with its all its complexities and variables, um, I think if you can just invest in something straightforward like that, invest the time, um, it's um, it, it'll give you a, an initial foundation. And that's what we did. We had a couple of people, a couple of all my partners. We all took that course, and uh, and then we started uh, joining Reddit forums. And uh, there's some really good groups like e-commerce fuel that have high, uh, high sales volume sellers and stuff and just started networking um, and, and, and trying to see what we could learn from them. So the puzzles that you've created are a big hit here at Groundswell. People love them. They do them all the time. I have four at home. Describe them to us because they're super cool. They're sure. very creative. Tell us a little bit about the puzzles, how many you have now. Give us an overview. Yeah, I think we're we're at about 11 different products on Amazon now, and we have another six or seven that are on the way. We actually have four here at Groundswell. It's the first time anybody's seeing them. Nobody's <laughs> even put them together yet. So we have a constant design pipeline, and um, we have everything from electric guitars. You know, I love my business partners. They're big into guitars, and so... I was kind of like, eh, I'm not sure, um, but they're wooden jigsaw puzzles. They're very creatively cut. You know, a piece might be a guitar as an actual piece. And um, and now we have guitars and drum sets and yoga ladies and Tree of Life has been our top seller. And I thought we could never do better than that. And then we, we created a yin yang and it became our best seller. And, um, and so some of it initially, as we build out that initial catalog is, is very popular themes that we, um, we just work hard. We have two artists on the team and they're a critical part of it. And uh, we just try and come out with a better design. So one of your new designs, and I think you're going to maybe give one away, um, is AI generated. Tell us about it. So that happened here at Groundswell <laughs> with uh, uh, an amazing entrepreneur, Ada. Um, and, you know, you're, uh, that's what I love about having coffee and, and it kind of here in the main lobby. Uh, I was talking to Ada about some things we we're working on and some Etsy, some uh, Etsy intelligence. And, uh, and Ada said, you know, have you seen the AI platforms that are, you just put keywords in and art's just getting created. And I was like, no, but you have to show me. And being the quick start people we are, a couple of days later, I'm paying $30 a month for that platform, <laughs> have an account. And I'm with one of my business partners in Jacksonville, we're late night, just cranking out art with keywords. It's uh, amazing, uh, the technology. And then we realized, oh man, this may be, this may be changed our, our path. And so, uh, well, we then um, 
we then decided, you know, that still is hard, right? To put the right keywords in and create the right art. And so we found an artist on Instagram with 40,000 followers and said, could we partner up on some of your art? And we have uh, some, our first AI puzzles uh, from uh, an artist uh, called Kavix that um, is here in Groundswell for the first time. And and because of Ada's initial mention, Ada's the first one to get one. Yeah, yeah. Groundswell perks. Those are the perks you get yeah. for being a member of this community. Okay, so you're gonna give one away. Yes. How do you want to do that? I, you know, I don't, it's a, I, I wanted to propose this to you, you know, since uh, I'm a huge fan of ideas and starting conversations with Groundswell, I thought maybe the first person to reach out to you and mention this podcast and say, hey, I have an idea that I want to talk about, or I want to come in and just ask a few questions. I thought that person could get a puzzle of their choice. I love that idea. You can reach me at jaren at swellstartups.com. Email me, mention the puzzle, and then you can come in and pick one up. They're super fun and colorful and creative, and they're hard. They are hard. They're tough, (laughs) but they're very, very fun. So we hope that from today and our conversation with Russ, you got that. Failing is part of the process, but you can't be afraid of it because it'll definitely lead you to your next journey. You have to celebrate your successes, be good to your network, do right by your investors. And that Amazon may be complex, but there's lots of perks to it. And when you can tap into expertise like Russ, it makes the journey go a little bit easier. And you can find this podcast, Zero Clicks, all the normal places that you find podcasts, as well as the Groundswell Startups YouTube page, LinkedIn, and anywhere you can find us on social. As always, we close out with asking our guests to describe Groundswell in three words. So Russ, what are three words to describe Groundswell? Yeah, this was uh, one of the harder questions for me because there's a lot of words that describe Groundswell. But the three that that I came up with was community. And I I put that you can't underestimate the significance of this. There's hundreds of members here, large amounts of founders, super diverse expertise, positive energy, which I really uh, am glad to be the recipient of. You need that. And when you walk in and you see everybody hustling, it really sets the tone in your day. Um, The next is learning. To build off the second point, you're going to meet founders here that build rockets that help uh, cure pressure sores, that <laughs> take clothing back to recycled material. You're gonna learn topics and hear personal stories. It's just worth so much. The workshops are really cool too. And then success, you know, does every idea work out? Of course not, but I can, I, I've been here for a few years and I've watched a lot of these founders closely. And I can personally say that founders that come here work hard. I mean, every day hard, right? Like the breadth of the world and the others here that they are getting success. I'm noticing they're moving forward with speed. And even if their first idea is not working out, they're all successful because they're not giving up and they're, uh, they have a combination of groundswell and the determination and um, it's, it's a win. Awesome. Well, you can learn more about Russ by finding him on LinkedIn at Russ Finney. And to purchase one of his super creative, very fun puzzles, you can visit zenchalet.com. That is Z-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T. And if you want to learn more about Groundswell Startups and how we help founders be successful here on the Space Coast, visit us at swellstartups.com or check us out on LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us.